Welcome everyone, this is Karuta Chat, and we're here with Ara Mahar. Um, <laughs> Ara, can you introduce yourself? Yes, yeah, so my name is Ara. Um, I've been playing Karuta for maybe five years. Um, uh, I've been uh, playing a little in the US, a little in Japan, and uh, I recently started an online karuta practice group where I've been playing with people from all around the world. Okay, so great. Um, I'm going to put that link of your karuta group uh, in the podcast description so everyone can go. And do you remember at what age and how did you start with karuta? how you were interested? Yeah, so I would have been about 25 or so, uh, maybe 24. And um, I was at an event for kimono. Uh, anyone who knows me knows I wear lots of kimono. And there was an event in, in the city I'm in. Uh, and we all gathered to put on kimono and walk through the town together to sort of uh, show people kimono exists and you can wear kimono too. And just the person walking in front of me was talking about karuta. And I was like, isn't, I tapped her on the shoulder and I said, isn't that like that, that, that manga and that, that anime that's really popular now? And she's like, yeah, have you heard of it? I was like, yeah, I'm kind of interested. And so she told me about her, the club. We were very lucky to have a club in that city. And um, I joined right after that. And the rest is history. Mm-hmm. So at that time you haven't really watched Kikayahuru, you just heard of it. Or you watched Yeah, I, I had I had seen like one episode mm-hmm. and was like, oh that's neat, but just never ended up <laughs> continuing watching it. Just so many other things I, I was watching and doing. So I was I'd seen a little bit, I was aware of it, but still to this day haven't really <laughs> gotten too far into it. Okay, okay. Then, do you have any tips, let's say, for someone who is just going to start with Kyogi Karuka? What's the biggest tip? Yeah, so for beginners, uh, the best thing you can do for any beginner in anything is to find a community first, if you can, be it online or in person or whatever you can find, because learning things by yourself is hard and it can be frustrating and you will you you won't know what questions to ask or how to start so i would say the number one thing is just find other people uh, they can help you learn they can keep you motivated they can keep you invested um, if you can find people to play in person that's obviously ideal but now we have you know there's uh, people have we have our facebook group there's a reddit group there's a discord server There's people who have blogs about karuta, so there's a lot of resources now. So I would say get involved, find some friends, and then anything you want to learn from there, you could either learn by asking or just by sitting there and watching other people play and other people learn, and you can uh, pick up a lot from that. So Yeah, so basically in translation, uh, join her Facebook group. <laughs> 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 I mean, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, another point is when you start Karuta, so how hard is it to learn the Kimarijis and everything involved in that? 
you can yeah. start playing, playing. How long do you think it will take? Yeah, so for me in particular, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm bad at memorizing. So it took me a long time. I kind of dragged my feet and wasn't <laughs> memorizing them as quickly as I could. So it probably took me uh, half a year, maybe, before I learned them because I just was really slow and and um, was having so much fun anyway. <laughs> and the and I was mostly using uh, flashcards. Um, there's a really great website and app called Anki, and that it uses a, a really great system to uh, help you learn the cards by, um, I forget the name of the system, but it shows you not cards randomly, but cards based on how well you know them. So cards you don't know, it'll show you more often, and cards you're very good at, it will put on hold for a while. So uh, that worked well for me. I just didn't do it as often as I should. And what forced me to have to learn them all was I got my, our team was invited to join uh, an international tournament in Japan and I was going to go with them. So suddenly I thought I should learn all the cards. <laughs> so that really that really forced me to to kind of hunker down and and finish memorizing them all and I think I had like 95 90 almost all of them memorized but not quite and then played the tournament and from there I was like I'm gonna learn these really well I'm not gonna (laughs) I'm not gonna let that happen again so Mm -hmm. yeah and there was a specific deck for you or you put it all manually uh yeah I searched the database and found some a deck someone else made but it I, I just learned very simple, very basic, just with the uh, with the front and the back. Um, and then for learning the Kimariji specifically, I used an app that's in Japanese, and it's I don't even remember the name of it, but it it showed you both the Kimariji for the second half, but also for the first half. That way, you could learn how much do you need to listen to, and then how much on the second half. Do you have to bother to memorize to really keep it nice and short uh, and efficient since I needed that help with uh, memorizing. So I've used those two uh, together. Okay. So basically Anki and practice. Yes, practice. exactly. Truly. Okay. None, any other resources? Um, nowadays, there's a lot more than when I started. Back then in English, there was nothing. <laughs> There really wasn't anything, which is why other than using, um, I use wasaramochi in English, wasaramochi, uh, mm-hmm. use that all the time just for um, listening to the cards. Um, I have my, I have all of the apps still on this phone. So let's see. But a lot of the other things were just in Japanese because there just wasn't anything in English. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's just a, like a disclaimer, uh, wasaramochi is only available on Android. Mm, yeah, that's that makes me so sad. Yeah. Yep. So I use Anki for memorizing. I use Wasanamochi to listen, listening practice. Uh, the app that I used to learn the Kimariji is just called Hyakunen Ishu. <laughs> Very specific. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was it. That's all I used. But nowadays, there's so much more available. Um, the obviously the online Karuta app is a really great resource and has a lot of features in it to help you learn as well. So uh, I would definitely recommend, even if you don't want to play online, that's an amazing resource to do. Um, 
uh, they, some of the they have two mini games. They have uh, you know a, a mini game where you can just look at the cards and practice saying what they are and like flick them away and and has a, a it's a lot more interactive and fun than the old days when we're just like flashcards. So yeah, okay. So I'm going to put all those links too in the in the description of the podcast. And let's see. Um, so you're a beginner and you already passed a year by. So once you have all memorized all the scenarios, you know all the cars, uh, what's the next hardest thing? Mm. So lucky for me, uh, after that tournament, I was actually living in Japan. So mm -hmm. I got to practice with a Japanese club. And that was really great because they, you know, just playing games just like with any sport or any musical instrument, you know, you don't just play the full piece. You have to practice different components of playing uh, styles, different parts of different pieces. So that club was really good at doing that. And that helped me a lot to get better at uh, actual physical part of playing the game. So, you know, after learning the cards, then it was about practicing your speed of, of reaction time practicing your accuracy of hitting the place you want to go, uh, practicing memorizing the actual layout. So once I had all the cards memorized, I had already been playing games, you know, that doesn't really change. It was about breaking down the individual pieces. Um, and even to this day, that's still really hard. So it, that's, the, that's the part that really separates, you know, beginners from more advanced players is those techniques and getting better at that. So I think that's the hardest part from from now onward that's uh that's kind of the core basics that you have to keep practicing and practicing and practicing yeah and that is true because i started like months ago as you know <laughs> and yeah i don't know how many but a lot of months and i'm still practically a beginner when i play <laughs> so it's really really hard yeah. and also you mentioned your character facebook group but um, apart from that, you have a character group in your country. You're currently living in Japan, or where are you right now? Uh, so right now I am in Boston, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Boston has many character clubs, I think. Uh, we have one club, but we are very close to two of the other clubs, and there are not many in the U.S., so we have almost all of them right in the East Coast, so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and do you have any specific exercise, let's say, because of the character that you do outside of playing? Yeah, so um, depending on what, so the key is to kind of establish what your weaknesses are and then focus on those the most. So for me, mm -hmm. um, reaction time and memorizing are my weaknesses. So a couple of things that I do for me uh, will be things like, you know, set up a playing field. It could be just your half. It could be both halves. It could be just the opponent's half randomly. Um, whatever you want to work on that day, however much time you have. Set it up, take the memorization time, and then flip everything over and then just go through and see if you can remember what everything is. So that's really great for memorizing. Um, another thing I really need is reaction time, uh, which is tied in with memory in that you have to 
everyone hears at the same time, but how quickly do you hear it and then translate it to where that card is? So my favorite practice is a really basic practice where you just take 10 cards, maybe less, maybe a few more um, of similar cards. So maybe like half of them are ah cards, half of them are something else. And you play just those cards with a few um, karafuda or silent cards, cards that aren't on the board, and just practice differentiating between similar cards. So if you have two long cards, asaborake a, asaborake u, you have to react at that last moment. Uh, and not just that last moment, but you hear asabo, you have to move towards one, pick one. And then when you hear that final sound, you have to be able to like move to your opponent's side or your side. And so I find that very challenging. So I find practicing that to be very, very beneficial. You don't need to waste a, a, an hour or more playing a whole game. Just take a chunk of really similar cards, put them spread out between you and a fake opponent and just practice with those cards, differentiating between, ah, okay, like I hear ka, what is the, what's the second part gonna be? And then immediately reacting and finding that card. So that's my, that's my favorite practice. And it can be really short and quick or longer if you want. So it's very flexible. Okay. And let's say, what about when you, well, I never play physically, but when you play physically, you do some specific exercises for your body. Because mm. in Chihaya Furu, I noticed that it's a really tired position to be. Absolutely. So um, a, a couple of things you can do when you have another person and to prepare you for playing real games is mm -hmm. uh, play lots of games, <laughs> of course, obviously. Um, and especially if you're going to, if, if you're ever going to do a tournament for whatever reason, you have to practice the tournament conditions because I jumped into that tournament mm -hmm. before I even knew all the cards. And it was, it's so exhausting for your body. It's tiring for your arm. It's tiring for your legs, for your back, for everything. So just replicating those conditions helps. And then on the sort of smaller term, um, key things that you need to build up is like arm strength uh, and the specific muscles that you need for taking cards. So one of my um, favorite ways to do that that's really fun and works well when you have a partner mm -hmm. is... Um, you have the other person put uh, have a stack of cards sitting opposite you. They put a card down in front of you and you have to, as quick as you can, hit the card. And then they just do it again and again and again. Quick, 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 quick. Hit, 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 hit. And so it's really good for building stamina and strength and speed of your arm muscles the, uh, for what you'll need for karuta. Of course, in real karuta, it's only one card and then sit and wait. One card, sit and wait. But it's gonna be almost a hundred cards by the end and then maybe on to the next game so this sort of rapid fire practice really builds up more muscle than you need which is what you want <laughs> enough muscle yeah. that like a regular game will be easy mm -hmm. so that's that's really great for that yeah. and it seems like fun because your partner doesn't necessarily have to know to be anyone can do it with you and it ends up getting really crazy and wild and silly because you're just hitting cards all over and, and they they can place them in different places as well it doesn't have to be the same place so they can kind of like go over here go over here and you're trying to catch the card and and it can be like really fun and i i always had a really great time doing that with my uh with my team in japan where i learned that it was it was everybody's favorite warm-up 
And, and, that's, and that's another key point is that these are great warm-ups. These are things you can do not just on their own, but before playing a match. In, in any, well, I can't say any, in probably most groups in Japan, and I think maybe a lot of groups in the U.S. don't necessarily do this, uh, they warm up before every session, just like any other sport. So you do a couple of different warm-up practices to get the muscles strengthened and warmed up and flexible, and then you play a game. So, you know, any, anytime you sit down for a match, just do a quick little practice before it doing either any of the things I said, or there's, there's others. And I think people are starting to write about them and, and record videos of them so they can hopefully be found online and do that every time before you play. And just like any other physical activity, you'll find yourself a lot more ready and prepared and fast and uh, when the game actually starts. Yeah, hopefully faster. And what about the knees? So, yeah, I I have very bad knees, so I have a lot of experience with this. Um, uh, they the, the all of the uh, physical therapists I've consulted say mm -hmm. that you know we are we as uh, non-Japanese people are not generally used to sitting on our knees and being on our knees like that. Mm -hmm. So that can be very hard and very painful and. Uh, kind of and just not good for you if you just go right into it and sit on your knees for like an hour or more mm -hmm. um, so my one recommendation that I've been told by my physical therapist is um, to support the knee you can build muscle above and below it and that increased muscle can take some of the pressure off of the knee itself especially when getting up and getting down which in a really competitive game may happen all the time You know, you may be swiping off cards and you have to get up and get them. And that sitting up and sitting down can be really stressful. And so, you know, if if you're just starting out, use cushions, use like knee pads, use whatever you need. I will use a, a cushion until the day I die and I have no shame. And I brought it to Japan with me and no one else used it. And I don't care, <laughs> you know, so use a cushion if you if you want, especially in the beginning and then just work on flexibility and strength of the surrounding muscles in your leg to help support the knee. Um, and do not, if it hurts, stop. <laughs> don't, don't let it get worse. Uh, take it from me. Okay. And do you have like any, are you participating in any tournament that is coming? Yes. <laughs> uh, so coming up later this month is an international tournament. Um, I guess it's a Otsu. Otsu uh, is is hosting an international tournament for countries all around the world. I think we've probably got 10 or more different countries. I haven't checked recently. And I will be on Team USA. <laughs> I think May 23rd, I believe. Mm -hmm. So. And we have, and there are, and if you, any, anyone listening is interested in participating in tournaments, they do happen depending on what country you're in with different regularity. But if you join these uh, online communities like our Facebook group, you can hear about them and uh, you might be able to join too. Yeah. And just so people can know, currently Peru is not participating in any tournament yet. I tried. <laughs> Uh, but not so far, so if you're a Peruvian hearing this podcast or watching the video on YouTube, please consider joining too, so I can have a chance. 
in participating with this new rule of four countries. Okay, and do you have any particular story that you want to share? Something funny that happened in your world, Carita? Mm. Let me think. Mm -hmm. um, sort of in general, I, I, I have been impressed by how nice everyone is. I think, you know, Karuta can be really intimidating because it can be very difficult to learn all the cards and it's this kind of traditional poetry and it can feel a little overwhelming. But time and time again, I've just found the people who play and, you know, it's a competition. People want to win. So in the game, you know, yeah. sometimes, you know, people might argue over cards, but, um, you know, time and time again, I have just met some of the nicest people who are so supportive and kind. And when I went to that tournament, before I even had all the cards memorized, I was so nervous. There were teams from every prefecture in Japan there. There was a Korean team. There was us. It was a huge gymnasium filled with people. Everybody in kimono and hakama, of course. And here I was only there because there we we had enough spaces for it like i didn't do anything to deserve it so i felt so like unworthy and scared and nervous and uh i was like getting like sweating i was like oh my god and we're gonna play against the best team in this whole prefecture and so we sat down for that game and i clearly looked nervous and was worried and and scared and my opponent a japanese guy uh like when we're like practicing our swings at the beginning, he could probably tell. He said, "Like, don't worry, don't don't be nervous." In English, and I was like, oh. "And he just more nervous." Yeah, no, actually, I thought it was like I was like, "Oh my!" He said it in a way that was so sweet, yeah. and like like don't not like don't worry, don't worry. But it was like just so kind, like oh, don't worry, it's okay, like don't worry. And I I was like, oh. And he was so nice to me and using his broken English to kind of chat and calm me down. And and obviously he destroyed me and I took no cards at all. But um, he was so nice before and so nice after and all smiley and friendly. And, and it just like, I think that was a really important part in my karuta career where I could have like really been too scared and been like, oh, that was an awful experience and never tried again. But because he was so nice it really made me think like wow like people will support me and people love this and are nice and friendly and and so that was a a really kind of precious memory and uh of course i went on to keep studying and work and trying my best after that so i don't know what his name is and i don't know if he even remembers me but i'll always remember that moment in particular but that kind of thing has happened many times since uh just uh you know, people being really nice and supportive, especially in Japan. People are really excited to see foreigners trying to, uh, you know, play this game in Japanese, even if they don't speak Japanese. And uh, I think they're as excited as we are to try to play. So, mm -hmm. and at that time, you didn't really talk Japanese, right? Because you do talk now. I have, I had like, intermediate like lower intermediate so i could say like how's the weather or how are you today but you know arguing i remember one tournament i did in japan 
the we had a contested card, and so the girl starts arguing over the card, and I'm like, I have no idea what she's saying. So I'm just like, hi, those all, and you take it. <laughs> so you know, I had enough for casual conversation, but not enough to <laughs> use it in karuta and actually, you know, fight over cards or anything like that. Uh, even now, I think that's still probably the hardest thing you could do in a foreign language is like fight over a card. <laughs> so it, but you know, people are uh, Japanese people in particular are always willing to try their best to meet you more than halfway and like come to your side and 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 help you a lot. So I've always been uh, very supported in that respect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one thing I always wanted to ask, like uh, Mutsumi Stone is really hosting these tournaments under online or free, but one thing I saw on Chihayafuru is that uh, I don't know if you have watched enough to know who Taichi is, I think you do. I've heard, yeah. I remember the name. <laughs> okay. So Taichi uh, sometimes went to other tournaments more than Chihaya because he had money, so I was wondering before the pandemic in japan you used to pay for participating in tournaments and yeah. how expensive it was i was mm -hmm. wondering about that yeah so um i did a couple of different tournaments in japan i did mm -hmm. some team tournaments i did some individual tournaments and the price varies based on your level the higher level the more expensive um so for gosh it's been a few years so i entered mostly dq um one time eq but it was all like six-year-old like eight-year-old kids so i never did that again um, yeah. and i think for something like dq and now the levels have changed so i think they got rid of eq or something like that they've changed what the levels are but back then in like 2015 Uh, 2016 2017 it was maybe like 30 us dollars equivalent for entry not not super expensive um, but the higher levels more and more and the higher tournaments could uh, increase the price i'm not sure how expensive they got but i never saw anything more than for like high school level tournaments and um sort of free individual tournaments i never saw more than like 40 50 dollars at the most Um, but I'm sure they, for these big international ones, it, it, it uh, must be more. I didn't take care of paying for our big team tournament, so I have no idea what we paid. Uh, the plane tickets themselves were <laughs> expensive enough. And then renting kimono for people who don't have kimono, and then hotel. and So the cost of the tournament was irrelevant. <laughs> okay, so there were no free tournaments? Not that I participated in. Um, I think... If it's sanctioned by the uh, the All Japan Karuta Association, they kind of have to get uh, entry fees just because they have to pay uh, the reader, they have to pay judges, they have to pay for the place. So anything sanctioned, I would assume, has to cost unless there's some special, like charity, like foreigners come for free. Sometimes they do that, yeah. um, but you know, there there certainly have been unofficial like fun tournaments mm -hmm. can be organized but um those you know you don't you can't increase your rank you can't, they're not recorded they don't and most people in japan care about uh increasing their rank and uh, having official officially on the books tournaments so 
um, you know, in, in, in now online, we are doing a lot of free ones, as you mentioned. But yeah, in mm -hmm. Japan, it's mostly just the officially sanctioned and uh, pay to enter, just so they can pay everyone who helps out with them. Okay. And I have another huge doubt. It's just, um, I'm sure many people who watch Shikaya Guru have this, but they always say, okay, you're DQ, DQ, DQ. But in these tournaments, I often heard she is like fun. She or nine Q. I think they're labeling now by numbers. And yeah. so what's the equivalent there? Right. So there are, there are, Q, like E, D, all, all the way up to A, and then there's Dan, which go like one Dan, two Dan, three Dan. Um, and they're kind of separate systems mm -hmm. uh, that you can that you can attain. So for example, I know one of the American people we play with just got Ichidan, which is like the first level and then it goes up. Uh, so like one is the lowest okay. versus the, the yeah. letter ones it's E is the lowest and you mm -hmm. go up to A but they're separate they're separate systems uh, that will have uh, different requirements um, I think for her she got it because she won a tournament mm -hmm. and that was a and you apply for it and they give it to you and then you pay to keep you pay annually to be a part of the All Japan Karuta Association so you could keep that um Accreditation, and if you stop paying, it goes away. <laughs> so a little, a little, a little yeah. tough. <laughs> and so, what's the maximum? For example, in the other rising, it's AQ, and in this band. Yeah, I, I was just talking about this recently, mm -hmm. um, and I'm I'm trying to remember. At a certain point, it stops being. Uh, it, I, 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 I'm not sure. It's, it, I think around six, it stops being like a, a reward for playing and becomes sort of honorary. Once you get past that, it's like an honorary title we give you. So there are some readers, uh, Karuta readers, who have like, I think like nine Q or nine Don is like the highest, I think. And it's just like, that's not. It's not like a thing you can actually get through playing, uh, but I'm 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 not entirely sure of the numbers, but uh, yeah, I think something like six for like regular play and, and uh, but you know even like the Meijin, the Queen in Meijin matches sometimes the players aren't even ranked that high, so it's not it's not a necessary for anything other than like like here I am, here's how good I am. But uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure about the, the numbers since uh, being outside of Japan, they're not very useful for us. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, it was, I was confused because I think I heard Q done and I was like, but that's A because it doesn't really go that much, right? Okay. Right. Well, at least I know now that one is the lowest. <laughs> Okay, and my favorite question, do you have any specific favorite poems? And, oh, if you have a top 10, that will be awesome. <laughs> oh, also, I just found the Dan ranking. Okay. So, so D class is equivalent to Ichidan, one Dan, C class, two Dan, B class, three Dan, A class, four Dan, and above. So yeah, I think okay. four, and then so that's why I think uh, uh, it can get higher than four, but much higher, and it stops 
meaning anything. But anyway, so I just I had to know. I didn't want to be giving yeah. people bad information. <laughs> but yes, um, poems that I like, cards that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, as anyone who gets to know me will learn, there's one card that I like more as a card than as the whole poem. Um, and that's because of the Kimari-ji, and that's Yamaga, and now everybody knows my weakness, um, because I lived in a town called Yamaga in Japan, mm-hmm. so uh, it, it was like, it was just really easy to remember that card, because I'm like, here I am in Yamaga, let's take Yamaga, uh, so that card, and I, I loved it there, and I loved my town, nothing but good memories, so that card uh, really brings up a a mental image that's so powerful and strong that it's very easy to remember the card and where it is and get it quickly. So I like that card in particular. Uh, the funny thing is, I learned it as Yamaga, the Kimari G. But then when you learn the poem, uh, and you actually learn, that's cutting off the middle of a word. <laughs> the, the the word is Yamagawa, mountain river. So it's like you're saying mountain ri. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, my favorite card is Mountain Root. <laughs> so uh, it, it's very interesting when you uh, learn things by just Kimariji, and then you actually learn what the meanings are later, and you realize you're cutting things off in, in strange places. But lately, I've been trying to learn the poems themselves, mm-hmm. like in, not memorize them, but just learn what they are, read through them. And um, a very nice, amazing, fantastic, talented player uh, in our group is, has been writing blog posts talking about the meanings of poems. So I have discovered some really interesting poems that I really like. And um, I think one of the ones that shocked me the most that I now r- like even more was Mise. And in my head, just learning the Kimariji, I thought of Mise means store in Japanese by itself. Uh, so I always thought of it that way in my head. But then when I heard the the translation and sort of what the probable meaning was, it was this dramatic, uh, like, clapback poem written as a response to some other guy's poem. And it's like, uh, talks about, like, staining your sleeves wet, which is a, a total meme and trope in Karuta cards. But like wet with maybe blood from like crying so much and it's like so dramatic and I was like the whole time I was learning the card is like oh I'm shopping in a store and then it's like blood on my sleeves from crying and so that one has really stuck with me so I find that um I think all the a lot of the poems are beautiful but for me I really like the dramatic ones um I really like the sad poems. Um, I I really like um, Hanano is written by Onono Komachi, mm-hmm. and she had a really sad life. And uh, kind of thinking about her life and what it meant to her, uh, really, this is really touching and depressing, kind of. And that that those kinds of poems where you're sort of shocked when you learn the deeper levels of meaning and and uh, what it meant to the poet, the, the writer, the author. And, and um, so I really like those poems where you can learn so much more by learning about the context. And for me as a history buff, that's, that's really interesting. And, and so I like a lot of those poems, but I'm still trying to like work through them and read these posts my friend is doing and um, looking forward to 
finding new favorite poems in the future. <laughs> yeah, and I think that happens to all of us because we have our own personal and own tricks of how to memorize the poems. So uh, for me, I invented a lot of weird stories around the card so to learn them, and they are far from the truth of the real poem. And mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I also watch another anime, but this is different than Chihayahuru because it's, um, the bad part is it's really short, has like eight episodes, I think, but it tells each episode a story of of the poem. So Ononokomachi was on one of those and it's really cool because it's not an anime about playing character but an anime about the backstory. And I think I know I think I know exactly what you're talking about. I uh, the so, Utakoi. I the name. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah. Cho I have it right here. It's Choyaku Hyakunen Ishu Utakoi. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I I love that. Mm -hmm. I that's exactly the kind of thing I love of uh they, yeah. they they make the poem into like a real story where you actually get to watch and make it a little more interesting and maybe not necessarily realistic, but that's fine. That helps you <laughs> create this mental image that's really easy. And really so I, I love that. Yeah, because yeah. I tend to watch, um, I tend to look for the stories of the poem and what they meant, but uh, then the next day pass and I don't remember anymore. <laughs> So having this anime is really interesting because, well, anything that is visual really helps you more in retaining, right? Uh, so that's an anime that I will <laughs> you to send me the name again later so I can put it in the description and more people watch it. Uh, but yeah, it's really short. I think it really has like a few episodes. I hope they create more because it was interesting and I want to see the backstory of all the poems. Yeah, all 100, please. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think uh, with that we close, unless you want to say like your final words. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I just want to say that, you know, I, I always joke to everybody uh, that I'm, I'm a terrible player and my memorizing is bad. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. But, you know, so I feel, you know, even if you're bad at memorizing, even if you have terrible knees, even if you're lazy, even if whatever, anybody, anybody can learn karuta. I have seen people who don't know any Japanese memorize the cards just by looking at them. I've seen uh, children, like eight-year-old Americans learn. I've seen old people, young people um, so I, I just want to say that, you know, if you're thinking about it, if you have even a little spark of interest, find someone else in person, online, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, try to share that and grow together with that. And uh, anybody can learn to play. And it's really fun. Even if you only know 10 cards, you can play with those 10 cards. So, you know, don't be overwhelmed by how much there is to learn and how difficult it might be to memorize or play. Start small find someone to help motivate you and maybe learn with you that's always really great and you know don't give up and reach out to people and uh, you can have a whole heck of a lot of fun uh, so yeah don't give up and please join us <laughs> yeah thank you for saying that and also in the Karuta app like competitive Karuta online app uh, you have the ability to play with Kim Regis on the cars so you can practice that way if yep. you have a memorizing at home. Yep. Okay. 
So that was it. And I hope to see you soon any other episode of this podcast. And we're looking forward to it. Um, Thank you for having me. <laughs> yay. So I really wanted to start this character chat with you because you've done so many good things to the character world. Uh, <laughs> yeah, even the Facebook group that was huge because even me, I am in Peru. I will have maybe never played Karuta if I didn't find your group. So that's why I wanted to start with you. And if from the person that are watching, we're going to have more guests. So keep looking forward to it. And thank you so much, Kara. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Bye to everyone and keep looking for more episodes. Okay. Yay.